0: While it's true that many companies don't allow you to talk about Christ in the workplace, there's absolutely nothing stopping you from being like Christ in the workplace. This is Preach Where You Reach. Today, my guest is Amanda Pietricola. She is the president and CEO of Momentum Technology, an innovative mobile app company based in the New York metropolitan area. Their mission states, Momentum Technology focuses on protecting the privacy of your personal data. We seek to create original technology to accomplish this and deliver these products with excellence and integrity. Amanda, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited for our conversation. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. Absolutely.
0: Excited to be here. I, and I understand you're in Nashville, which is a, is a city I love very much. I'm a very picky eater, even though it's a big food scene down there. I, If it's on the kids' menu, that's like more of my vibe, right? So it's chicken fingers, burgers, <laughs> pizza, spaghetti. Mm-hmm. But I know the food scene is absolutely incredible there. I love that city. So grateful to have you here on the Preach Where You Reach podcast. We focus how people of different vocations incorporate their faith in the workplace. There are so many people out there that are Christians, that are believers, and, and want to bring their, their faith to the workplace, but they just don't know how to do that. And and they think there's some rules, and mm-hmm. it's it's not always being preachy. It can also just be incorporating the characteristics or qualities of Christ in the workplace. And so we'll talk about that. But to lay the groundwork for our conversation, I'd love to start with your testimony. What was that like for you? Sure.
1: Yeah. So um, really my testimony starts probably when I was still in the womb. Um, I'm one of the very fortunate individuals to have been raised in a godly Christian home with parents who understood how important faith was and how important speaking the word um, and scripture over our lives was and just the significance of the words that we speak. Um, Mm -hmm. So I asked Christ into my heart when I was four years Mm -hmm. old, um, but it was not until I was a teenager that I really understood the difference of making Him Lord and not just Savior. Yes. Um, and that's really something that's been a progression, you know, throughout my life of just that next layer of making Him Lord of my life and surrendering every part of who I am and my being to to the Lord and um, just being fully surrendered to what His will is and wanting His best in my life and not just what a man right.
0: wants. And did, was there a time where as a teen you've kind of went in a different direction or or stepped away from that
1: um again probably one of the few that I certainly had what i think some would call that you know crisis of faith where probably at that 17 18 year old range trying to figure out is my faith mine because it's mine or because it's my parents and that's how i was raised um so i definitely went through that period of time of just figuring out what my relationship with the lord looks like and really making it my own. Um, again, very thankful. I I truly didn't have one of those seasons where I was, you know, off partying and mm-hmm. drinking and just walked away fully from the Lord. Um, certainly, moments in my life where I questioned, you know, why certain things happened or um, didn't fully understand God's plan at the time. Um, but thankfully, I I still maintained, you know, the faith that I was raised with, and it has just gotten stronger over the years as, as an entrepreneur and, and growing in the business yes. world. Yes.
0: Well, I mean, was it a sort of a normal Christian upbringing, like we can imagine?
1: So very good question, um, because I I think this is a very important piece. I was actually homeschooled okay. growing up. Um, so from preschool through high school, uh, I was homeschooled. We used an awesome curriculum called the which some of your listeners may or may not be familiar with. but. Um, so I think because it was a Christian curriculum, that was an integral piece because I was getting, I was given the word at home. I was given the word at church, but then also school, which for children is such an important part of their upbringing. You know, they're in school more than their home, really definitely more than they're in church. Um, and so because, you know, all three prongs were in place. Um, I think that made a tremendous difference in the influences in my life and how my worldview was being shaped as a child. Um, and so I think that is probably a very important piece as to why when I did have kind of that crisis of faith, um, I didn't go you know wild like you see. Unfortunately, a yes. lot of kids raised in the church do for a time um, because I, I knew the truth deep down and, and believed it. It was just a, a question of you know how do I make it my own?
0: How did you make it your own? What what was that like for you? Like, were you proactive in diving into the Word on your own?
1: Yeah, I would say it was probably around, uh, I was about 18 years old, and the church that I had been raised in, I reached this point where I was trying to figure out, um, is this the church I'm in, again, because I was raised here, or is this where God wants me? Um, and there was actually a period of time where I attended a different church than my family, which um, was you know, it was a great church. My family was was on board, but we're a very close knit family. So to to not have that piece of our lives be together every week um, was definitely different and a little difficult. But I think it was important, um, and I think the reason my family supported it was because they realized I was at that point where I was trying to go where I felt like God was leading me. Um, And the interesting thing is a couple of years later, my parents also ended up, my brother ended up joining me at that church for a period of time. We were kind of reunited um, on Sundays, which was great. Um, But I I think that was part of it. And then um, just over the years, really, you know, my dad used to say, we're putting all of our eggs in one basket when I was being raised, because rather than teaching me, the ABCs, which they knew I would learn anyway in school, they were teaching me scripture verses, and I was memorizing that. And, um, you know, at three, four years old, had scripture memorized. And um, I think a lot of parents thought, like, you know, aren't why aren't you teaching her? <laughs> right. Like I said, the ABCs. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think for my parents, it was like, you know what? We're putting all of our eggs in the Word because we know it never returns void. Mm-hmm. and right. um, And they're definitely seeing... The fruits of their labor yes. um, at this point, you know, and, and continuing on. What was on.
0: it about that church that you went to originally separate from your parents that drew you to it?
1: Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I think part of it was that, you know, when you're raised in a church your whole life, Um, it's easy to start to think that that's all there is. You know, there's kind of this bubble that happens where your friends are in the church. I was working at the church at that point. Um, So my whole life really was involved in this just one church, um, which is great. It's super important to be involved. But, um, you know, even my parents had to keep reminding me, like, there's a whole world out (laughs) there that needs you beyond just this little bubble. Um, And so I think being planted somewhere that... um, was not that bubble, but I knew was an excellent place to be planted, you know, very Bible-based and balanced. Um, I'd started to make some friends there that I felt I connected with that were also growing in the Lord. Um, So I think those were kind of the pieces that, that drew me to it.
0: What kind of church was that that you attended
1: um, so I've been raised in non-denominational churches my mm-hmm. whole life. So pretty much any church I've attended has been, you know, under that branch, if yes. you will.
0: Yeah, I I I grew up going to I didn't grow up going to church really at all, other than occasionally uh, you know, weddings, funerals, occasional service, mm. I guess. Um I didn't yes. come to Christ till much later in, in my life. And I just I remember just all I knew was stained glass. And uh, priests from a Catholic perspective that, you know, when they said this, you said that, and it's just sort of like, it was this routine type thing. And, and I never really felt something. And so it was interesting for me. So when I actually uh, moved to Canada, I lived in Canada for six years and um, I wasn't a Christian when I moved there. And I, my executive assistant sang worship in the church and I, she would always invite me, and I'd always say no, uh, and always debate religion and mm. those sort of things. And yep. and it was at a service, and I talk about this uh, in the book. And it was a Christmas service, and of course I I go on Christmas. That's fine, right? I'm Creaster's Christmas and Easter. I'm there, you know. Yeah, CEO is there. So, um, so I would I would do that, and then there was a time when uh, at, at that particular service. The, at the end of the service which was amazing because it was uh pentecostal charismatic sort of like it mm. was it, it was something that i had never experienced before and the worship band was playing I, I was used to choirs and there's a band that's like amazing my executive assistant was absolutely phenomenal uh vocally and mm. uh, and, yeah. and and the message was relatable and funny and I was like, what is this place? And everyone was kind and loving and really nice. And it it was just, I had never experienced anything like that. And in that service at the end, there was an altar call. And, and, uh, you know, if you'd like to know this, Jesus, we've been talking about, whatever, you know, on the count of three, raise your hand, that sort of thing. And on the count of three, my six-year-old son put his hand way up in the air. Mm. And wow. It was like a, a gut punch, but not in a bad way. It was just like we felt like we had provided so much for them and yet they were clearly missing something and uh-huh. we never we've never looked back it, it was one of those moments and so um, so for me, to talk to someone who's sort of been raised in it and just like I, it's it's so foreign to me um, but I love it and especially as you you know, as you, you're doing it for a while and it's sort of your parents' faith in a, in a sense and you find that it's actually your own, that there's been something planted deep inside you that is 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 the truth and you know it and you want to follow mm-hmm. it and you wanna be part of that and have that in your life. And I'm just Really, really impressed that you went through your teen years and everything else uh, almost uh, unscathed, I guess. I
1: certainly was not perfect. <laughs> no, I mean, I, d- I definitely don't want to make it sound like I was perfect, you know. I definitely uh, made some mistakes, and <laughs> but uh, thankfully did not go wild. <laughs> but that's so touching about your son. Uh, I don't know if you can tell. I have tears uh, in my eyes just thinking about, like, how impactful that your little six-year-old, was, you know, was was kind of that linchpin yes. for you to come
0: to know the Lord. Yes. That's amazing. And it was one of those things where you know, we weren't quite sure whether we were going to move to Canada. And of course, in hindsight, you can see, every, you know, God putting it together every step of the way that I would mm. move to Canada with my family, that, that my executive assistant would be this worship singer, of course. And, and she was just so full of grace and patience with my, you know, debating her faith and everything else that we, that I would do all, all the time. And, and so it was it was really amazing. My daughter was nine, my son was six, and of course we, we all gave our lives to Christ. I think later that summer, and and it was it was absolutely amazing. And and then throughout the years, we've served in every sort of capacity you can. My wife was in charge of the uh, kids ministry at, at one point. I oversaw guest relations in front of house. My daughter uh, became a, a worship leader in the church and my six-year-old son then later did media and the words on the screens and all that stuff and the scriptures and and we just it just became our lives and uh and everything else has been sort of anchored around that ever since and so you know i think there are days where we have to wake up on a sunday to go to church and he's sometimes kicking himself because he's tired he's like why do i have to raise my hand But, but it was one of those things that uh was unbelievably impactful at the time. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm grateful that he did that. Um, I wanted to find out from you and, you know, you, you were homeschooled then from homeschool, you then went to college. What was that like? Yeah.
1: God was so good is so good. But, um, through that season, I had a lot of naysayers who said, Oh, you know, homeschooler going <laughs> to college, like it's going to be a culture right. shock and all of the naysayers, um, My parents did a really good job at, you know, integrating me, if you will, into society where I had had glimpses of, um, you know, in air quotes, the world um, so that I was not shell shocked by it. Um, And so there were definitely, you know, I walked into college feeling prepared um, for a variety of worldviews and um, honestly excited for it because I knew I had the truth and I looked at it as this is my mission field. You know, I had been raised in the church really didn't have a lot of opportunity to to get to know people who didn't know the lord um so walking into college my my first semester I dove right in I took um an ethical issues philosophy course and I thought if I can survive this I can survive college <laughs> like, um and and I was right honestly i mean we we talked about a lot of uh, a lot of ethical moral issues in that class and For me, it was more solidifying than anything that what I had was the truth because I saw how lost people were. And um, you know, just seeing how um how many different worldviews there are, but how unfulfilling they are and how much people lacked purpose. Um so I I really enjoyed my college years because I I it solidified my faith. And I know for a lot of people, like that's why they walk away, but I I think having such a firm foundation, yeah. it just made it more exciting for me to be kind of launched into the world going, okay, I've got truth and now I can, you know, be that light. Um, certainly not shoving it down anyone's throats right. or anything right. like that, but just living my faith and being a person of integrity and excellence and honesty. And, um, you know, people notice that because you're different than the rest of the world.
0: I'm just trying to think of like all of the years that I didn't have Christ in my life and the dumb decisions i i've made and or the difficulties the heartbreaks the whatever i went through and and mm. not having that anchor and someone to share the burden <laughs> you with and and i and it yeah. was um so when i don't see that my heart hurts for people because i don't know how they get through some of these things and i think they're the the weight of those things Uh, it's gotta be overwhelming and, and it's sort of made my life, uh, one of focusing on helping people not only see Christ and and help them, uh, have that relationship, but be like Christ in their life and be able to speak into Mm. their situations. And, you know, I, I've had employees of mine that have, um, attempted suicide and, um, you know, going through divorces and those sort of things. And, and it equips me to speak into those situations and, and let them know, of course, the foundation from which I speak. And so they, they, everyone knows fully yeah. that I'm a Christian. There, I, I can't be any other way, but it is, uh, there's something powerful in having that inside you and and the obedience to speak mm. to those situations that he puts in front of us.
1: Yeah. That's such a key obedience because it's not always easy to step out in that when you know there's that you know divine moment that someone needs you to be the light and and speak truth because you don't know how it will be yes. received. But man, when God's prompting your heart, it's like I need to be obedient. Yes, to and, this and in a loving, graceful way. Of course,
0: there are times but when I haven't been, and and I kick myself for the rest of I don't know the day or certainly or the week. Uh, for me, it's about two things: boldness and obedience. I just have, I just keep. Going back to those two things. You had mentioned when you were talking yeah. about college, you mentioned the word excellence. And if I understand correctly, you had a 4.0, which is completely uncalled for. I mean, just <laughs> – just, uh, uh, what is that about? Well,
1: so – What I told my parents was that, and no joke, this is literally what I told them, that college is the only place in the world that you can measure perfection. And so it was my goal to get a 4.0 and in full transparency, because, you know, we as Christians, especially, we should be honest, I did not have a 4.0 in my associate's degree. It was like a three point nine oh, or something. But when I transferred to my <laughs> for my bachelor's, I did so. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I graduated technically with a four. Well,
0: I, I do love that spirit of excellence, and uh, it's <laughs> just you know, like I said, completely uncalled for. Um, but I'm glad you achieved that goal <laughs> for yourself. Uh, and, and you studied uh, business uh, technology. Is that is that right?
1: Correct. Yep. Even that was just a God story as to how that worked out because my, um, initial plan was to go for business. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and then when I was transferring, the only degree that the college offered was business and technology. So it's ironic that now, you know, I'm (laughs) in business running a technology company. I think God kind of chuckled
0: (laughs) when that all transpired. Clearly had a plan for you all along. So you go from your college and what's the next step for you? That, that was was that an internship that you went to first?
1: Um, yeah, so all of it is kind of connected. But the the intern piece um, was that I was actually working at my church's daycare. Um, I think I was you know eighteen years old or so. I'd worked there a couple years, and um, one of the kids in my classroom, his mom and I just hit it off. We became friends. Um, and I'd been praying about the next steps, and I felt like an internship was the next move, but I didn't know where, what company. And um, through you know months of a relationship with her, um, happened to talk about our degrees, found out they were similar, and I mentioned just in passing that I was looking for an internship. And uh, her response was, oh, well, you know, let me check with my bosses. Maybe they'll be interested. Um, unbeknownst to me, she was their executive assistant, okay. and... Um, and that really kind of just started my entire career, but all stemmed from just working at a church daycare, which is never where I would have thought that uh, my career would have begun. But that's exactly how God saw fit to do it. Amazing.
0: And so, you know, you went through an executive assistant and 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 my executive assistant was the worship leader that actually brought me to church. Yay for executive assistants. Uh, yes. <laughs> thank From you. God for them. We all yes, need amen. good ones. <laughs> amen. The internship, what kind of company was, was that?
1: Um, so the company was a mobile app company and they were a startup. They were only a few years old at the time. Um, and I... Started as an intern with them. You know, I always say I never submitted a resume, never interviewed. They literally just took her word for it and said, oh, free help. She just wants college credit. Sure. Um, Bring her in if you like her. She'll be working under you. Um, And right around that time, they had just um, released someone in their customer support department. And the boss's famous last words at the time was, oh, the intern can fill in. (laughs) And uh, little did they know that... um, you know, they were going to hire me full time and, and really kickstart my career.
0: Was it exciting for you? Because it's like, this is like the real world, so to speak. This could actually be something?
1: Oh, yeah. No, I was thrilled. Um, you know, I was sad to be leaving the kids that i had come to know and love at the daycare, but I was thrilled to be getting into the workforce. Um, and I actually, um, I'm only chuckling because you brought up my GPA before, but Um, I ended up finishing and graduating in three and a half years, and I was working full-time at the same time. (laughs) Of course you did. (laughs) Because I was so committed to like, I want to get out of school, I want to work full-time. So for me, working full-time and only working was such a break and wonderful because I was doing school and working at the same time. Um, So I loved it. For me, that's kind of where my heart was. It was, you know, get in school, get out of school, and like, let's hit the ground running.
0: And you didn't obviously stay an intern for long, uh, once you graduated, did you go into to a, another step within that company?
1: Yeah. So the internship was really just for a semester. Um, but because they had a position they needed to fill in customer support, um, they ended up hiring me part-time to fill that. And then, um, I think it was the following semester I ended up arranging my schedule so that I could work for them full-time and then I was just doing classes online or at night most of the time. Um, and, um, yeah, so I started, you know, really entry-level. Um, you know, intern was yes. super entry-level, but, like, customer support, entry-level role. Um, and then just gradually worked my way up through, you know, team lead and then director of customer success um, all the way to product manager at that company. I was with them for about eight years.
0: Wow. From there, you started your own company was that always something in your heart that you wanted to do or is that this entrepreneurial spirit um
1: so it's funny again I think you know God has a way of weaving the tapestry where we don't see the whole picture and then we look back and laugh because it's like wow, lord (laughs) like obviously he knows what he's doing but um but my dad has had his own technology business um for over 40 years now and um you know, he's the main product, if you will, because he's the tech guy, he's the one doing all of the work. And so as a kid, I saw how hard he worked and thought, Oh, I never want to be an <laughs> entrepreneur. I never want to have my own business. It's too right. much work, you know, doing it all yourself. Um, and so even that, I mean, I'd love to share a little bit about how that came to be because it's all connected to where I began as Absolutely. an intern. Please. Um, so in 2018, I was still working for the company. And um, I was looking at a close friend of mine who had moved to another state, um, was working for a new company. He he and I had previously worked together at this company. Um, And so a little bit of maybe jealousy, I'll say, set in where I was looking at his new career and his new, you know, living in a new city and thought, ah, like, maybe I've settled. Maybe I should move on. And um, I was just having a conversation with the Lord one day. And I felt the Lord clearly say to me, January 2018, what I heard was, the end of this year will look very different than it does right now. Hmm. That was yeah, it. it. Nothing it else. Could be
0: better, could be worse.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I know his plans for us were always <laughs> yes. good, but yeah, it was very much so like, I just knew I was supposed to stay put. I, um, and then August, September of that year, um, the people who, Owned the company, came to me, and they were in the middle of, a, of an acquisition of some of their other products, but the product that I was product manager of was not being acquired by this other company, hmm. and I got the opportunity of a lifetime to acquire it after interning and working wow. my way up on that product and starting Momentum Technology, um, and it was truly opportunity of a lifetime, didn't go looking for it. God just dropped it in my lap. Um, and now I have an incredible team of 12 people. We're growing, hiring, um, and I moved to Nashville last year and got to experience a new city right. and co-working and like all of the things that I wanted, but God just did it. You know, Ephesians three twenty style, like far yes. above what I could ask or think. That's incredible. <laughs> um, yeah. So just amazing what he does when you put him first and seek first his kingdom above our own desires Seat
0: first absolutely a- and when you trust him I mean that's the hard part right in a way not only trusting him I mean I shouldn't say it's hard the more you do it, it and the, the more you see him come through <laughs> the, the yeah I think the easier it gets but but sometimes and even though his plans for us are are good for sure but there are times when he also prunes us in, in seasons oh, yeah. <laughs> in order for us to grow into what he has called us to, to, to become. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, it, it doesn't always look, in fact, it hardly ever looks like we anticipate <laughs> from what I, from mm-hmm. what I found. So true. <laughs> but, but in this case, yeah. it, it really did sort of work in your favor. I mean, this is, this is, but God, it, it's, it's one of those things Absolutely. where all of the pieces of the puzzle were just fitting and you were just trusting Mm -hmm. him. And when he said, when you had that, that desire maybe in your heart to kind of do what you saw other people doing and he spoke to you, you, you were obedient to that and you just, and you trusted Mm -hmm. that he was going to take care of you and he sure did.
1: Yeah, it was. And, and honestly, it's one of those things when there are tough days, um, you know, in business or being an entrepreneur, I often look back at all of his faithfulness and I go like, you gave this Mm. to me to steward, like it's his company. It's not mine. I am just the steward of it. I have been given the responsibility to steward. Well, the people that are part of this company to steward, well, the finances, um, you know, and it's, it's very humbling to realize like he could have picked anybody, But he chose me for this and just to constantly remember, like, he owns it all and I am just the steward.
0: It's so true. But he also knows the depth of your faith because you've demonstrated that your entire life. And as my pastor in the past once said, favor ain't fair. And (laughs) he has blessed you uh, abundantly, which which is absolutely incredible. When you started momentum technology was there sort of these core values that you you could say this is what we're building on this is going to be a i don't know if a faith-based company is is the right way to say it because it's not Mm. necessarily uh the products aren't necessarily faith-based but but for sure the foundation of the company is
1: yeah um i would say that was one of those things where I I knew it, but nece- but hadn't necessarily articulated yes. that. Um, and that's something that really, really just within the last year have I started to articulate to the team, like, hey, guys, these are our core values. Um, and obviously, for me, they're all biblically based. I don't necessarily say to the team, like, according to <laughs> yeah, Romans right. such and such, <laughs> this is, you know. Um, but, but how I lead to the best of my ability is biblically based. And so... You know, we talk a lot about how in order to receive generously, we need to be generous. And so, um, like, because of that, we have a philanthropic branch of the company called Momentum Impact, where we give away 10% of our net profits every year to charities, both locally um, and, well, locally, nationwide and globally. Um, And so the team gets to see a tangible impact of what they're doing, the time they're investing the money they're making the company and knowing a part of that's going right back out to make a difference in people's lives. Um, so so things like generosity, um, being people of integrity, honesty, you know, how do we confront issues when we have problems within the team um, and really utilizing biblical principles for, you know, go to that person first. Right. If that, then it's not solved. Then you bring yes. someone else in and just... Um, You know, really looking to make sure that our core values for the company are also things that help benefit them in their personal lives too.
0: And and God will honor that. There's, there's no doubt about that. When you build on biblical principles, he's gonna, he's gonna honor that. And, and it sounds like he has. In terms of your momentum impact, I I think I saw something about foster care. And can you tell me more about that? Like in terms of how your products, you know, work with foster care and I think the biological parents and the foster parents and what is that about?
1: Yeah. So, um, so some of that is, um, also because our family, like my, my parents and my brother and I have been a foster family in the past, um, for a number of years, we had 10 children come through our home in the time we were fostering. Not all at yes. once, thankfully. <laughs> that would have been a lot yes. at one time. Um, but so so I, I absolutely have a heart for that, having seen the system and, and seeing what children go through. So um, uh, there's an organization called Together We Rise, um, and, and their mission is to make the experience of children's, or I should say children's experience in foster care, um, much better than it typically is. A lot of kids will leave their home with nothing but a trash bag for their belongings. And, you know, kids associate a trash bag with garbage. And so now they're carrying this bag through home to home to home. And what message is that subliminally sending to these children? So Together We Rise works to, you know, um, do all sorts of things to make that experience as good as it possibly can be. Um, And so we did some things with them, um, but then also... Our, our app, Spoof Card, lets you show a different phone number than the one that you're calling from. And so a lot of times in foster care, the foster parents need to be protected where they're located right. because, you know, you're protecting these kids from a not-so-great situation that they were removed from. Um, but with our product, foster parents can still call the biological family. Foster children can still have that relationship with their biological parents, talk to them on the phone record the call so that a caseworker can hear exactly what was said um, but it's because they're utilizing one of our phone numbers instead of their personal line um, it just keeps everyone protected but is still helping foster that relationship um, between the biological parents and the child
0: what is the name of that
1: the app is called spoof card spoof card hmm yep
0: amazing now is that the one that you were working on as an as an intern or yep yeah
1: Incredible. It is
0: incredible I, I'm just so grateful for those that are foster parents and that help because i I would think it's so hard to, just personally I would because I would get so mm. attached and connected to them that I wouldn't ever want them to yeah. go anywhere. It's just like wow, how do you, how do you do that? and I'm just like so grateful that people do that because there's such a need.
1: There is. I have heard a stat, and sadly this number has grown considerably over the last few years, but um, I believe at any given time there's at least 300,000 children in need of a foster care home. Um, Again, I think that number has grown, so that's probably a conservative number. But the statistic I heard after that was if every single church, if one family in every single church in America fostered, the problem would be solved as far as homes being needed for these children. Um, And it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, man, if the people of God recognize the need and we're willing to step up. And if you have one family in one church, and now you have the whole church supporting this family, like, wow, talk about a difference being made for that family, but also for that child. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it definitely was one of the most difficult things. um, I've done that we've done as a family, but, absolutely the most rewarding to see just the impact of God's word in these children's lives coming to us being afraid to even reach into a dark room to turn a light on to singing a Christian song and going all the way up the stairs down the hallway in the dark to their room, you know, not caring at all. Like it's just amazing to see um, how quickly fear leaves when the word of God is, is put into them.
0: Amen. You're, Company, if I understand correctly, has uh, sort of a motto of people first. But where did that come from, and and how do how do you incorporate that mindset in Momentum Technology?
1: Yeah, so um, so the place that I worked at previously, they they did a lot right, and then obviously, like any company, I'm sure people would say this about us too. You know, you see the mistakes, and you go, "Okay, I want to do this differently." Um, And so, coming from the startup world. A lot of people have no work-life balance. There is this expectation that you are always working, always reachable. Um, and then it's really from the team member's perspective, like company first instead of you know family first, God first. Um, and so with Momentum, me and my COO both came from the previous company. And so we had a lot of like, here's what they did right. Here's what we want to mm-hmm. do differently. And um, and people first Really was one of the biggest things that stuck out because, or stood out (laughs) um, because, you know, I never wanted people to sacrifice precious family time for my company. Um, I never wanted people to be on vacation on the beach with their kids, missing precious moments because they're on their laptop trying to respond to something. Um, And so for us, we work really hard at. People first, you know. If there's an issue with family, or there's a an emergency that you need to get to, or something with your kids, like go for it. Work can wait, you know. Deadlines most of the time can be pushed out. Like there is nothing more important in my perspective than God and your family. Um, even biblically speaking, work is you know third on the list. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and and so you know we we try to model that as well with our team.
0: It's it's so important to care about the team authentically care about the team. And it seems like, you know, I mean, authentic seems to be like uh, buzzword or whatever, but it's, it's really true because they can feel it when it's, when it's real, when you actually do care, you know, I think there are times when employees of mine will be going through a difficult situation or, um, you know, and, and they will say, you know, I, I've got to, I've got to go, um, I'm sorry, but I've got to take care of this thing. And, you know, my mom is really sick and I just need to go be with her. And, um, and of course yeah. they go, but, but I will always ask how they're doing. And because it just, people just want to feel connected. They want to feel seen and heard and mm-hmm. valued. And it's so important and it's so easy to do really yeah. to just care about people. And I, one of my downsides, I think as I, well, it's not a downside, I guess, but it, in my mind, it has been for so long. Um, I'm starting to change my perspective on it, but I'm always very emotional. I I, I get emotional. I can, you know, I, I can, I can cry at a commercial. I can, whatever it is, it's just who I am. Right. And, and I used Mm -hmm. to be so annoyed with it. If I was giving praise to an employee, or if an email had come in praising an employee and I would read it in a staff meeting, I would get emotional as I'm reading it and it would drive me crazy. Aww. I'm like, come on man, pull it together. But what I found <laughs> it, it was that people actually responded to that in a real loving way, like it it wasn't because they could tell it, it wasn't manufactured. And and I used to really, really get frustrated with myself. And then I was reading a T.D. Jakes book one time. And in the book, it said that Jesus was a lion and a lamb. And it was just hmm. that. that wow. Just that. It was like, I think, seven words or something. And I was like, yes, I can be both of those things. This is how God made me. And he made me this way to be able to communicate in a way that makes them feel valued. And, and it's, and it's real and they feel it. And so ever since then, I've, I've kind of treated it as a superpower, as opposed to this thing that I've hated for, for mm. so long in my life. Um, yeah. because it is so important that people just want to feel something connected in some way. And it sounds like you do a very good job of that. Uh, well,
1: thank you for the, um, accolade for that, but I I'm chuckling over here because I'm wired the exact same yes. way as you. <laughs> like I can cry at the drop yes. of a hat. And, um, I also have found times where it's like, get it together, girl. <laughs> like, you know, don't be crying over these things or, you know, so, um, so I appreciate that. I mean, Jesus was a lion and a lamb. Just that sentence blessed me so much hearing you say it because, it's true. Like there, there's a season for everything, right? Like there's a time to be the lion and there's a time to be the lamb. Um, and um, obviously, Christ can only be our lamb. But if, for that sentiment, as far as times to, you know, be the one that's got to confront the issue, right. but also being the one that's tender and yes. empathetic and loving to someone who's who's going through a tough season. So, and, and have you?
0: I'm sure you have. Have there been moments in your company where the employees those that work for you have really gone through some things where you've had to you know speak a word into their life or you know really have that empathy compassion and and those Christ like characteristics
1: Yeah, um, I would say in the last few years, I have gotten an opportunity to pray with a handful of my team members. Um, Some of them have gone through, and obviously out of respect for them, I'm not going to go into any details, but um, some of them have gone through some very tragic things with loved ones. Um, And it's, you know, I always find it to be an incredible honor when they're open to me, just, you know, encouraging them by praying for them or, um, just even letting them know like, Hey, I'm going to be praying for you as you're going through this and just giving them some type of encouragement and hope to hang on to. Um, cause like you said earlier, I, I don't know how people go through this world without the Lord. Um, it's a very trying, hopeless world when you don't know that there is a God who loves you and cares down to the most. You know, the smallest detail, knowing the number of hairs on our head, like that's a God who is intimately involved and cares about who we are and what matters to us. Um, And so being able to be that to my team and let them know, like, I love you and I care about you because you have value, not because of what you do for the company or the role that you're in, but because you're a person who God made and loves. And therefore, I love you and I'm here for you, however I can be
0: with my team. Well, I tell them that God put you on this team for a reason. There is no mistake. It's not a coincidence that you're with me. Um, There is, there is something that God wants to speak to you through me, or there's something that he wants to speak through you to me or to our patients since I'm in healthcare. And it's sort of like, there's, there's a reason why you're here. And, the work comes second. You I know, everyone is just like, oh, you shouldn't call the workplace your family. And I, and I get that to a degree, um, but you can't fire family members as much as one might want uh, <laughs> at times. But <laughs> but it is what I tell my team is that you will see there's a lot of love on this team. And, and I don't mean that all like soft and whatever, though there are oh. elements of empathy and compassion in those things but I also love you enough to have difficult conversations so that you're not stuck in the place where you are. And so, so that is also love. And so you will get that when you are on this team. And uh, it's been such a blessing just to have that as my guiding principle, just to have biblical principles that I live by and I function by, and I just couldn't do it any other way. And I love to meet other people like yourself that are doing the exact same thing. Now, I saw something that there was a a, a quote. I think from Marianne Williamson. Ah, uh, yes. Can Can you share that quote with us? Because I think <laughs> it's powerful, and I think it's it, it's definitely something that is worth sharing.
1: Yeah, this I actually I saw this quote um, when watching a movie years ago with my family, and um, my dad actually read it at my high school graduation. Um, And it's been neat how it's really kind of followed me through the years. So, um, yeah, so her quote is our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. Definitely. It's a long one, but it's one of my favorite yes. quotes.
0: Is that on a wall somewhere at work or <laughs> it should be? <laughs> it should
1: be. You know, it's <laughs> a good point. It Amazing. should be.
0: Thank you for, for sharing that. So what's next for you and, and your company? I mean, this is a, a fairly young company. God isn't done with you yet. So what, what do you think is uh, is on the horizon for you?
1: Yeah. Um, So it's funny because the product spoof card that we acquired um, was started in 2005 and has had over 6 million people use our product Um, and it's still growing. So a lot of life left in that one. Um, But we are actually in the process of coming out with another product um, in Q2 of this year. Um, So within the next few months, and it'll be geared specifically towards businesses um, who need to take their office line anywhere. So basically giving people freedom to work from anywhere and have their office line with them. Um, more details Gosh. will come down uh, for that later. But um, yeah, so there there's products, we're expanding. We've got some B2B services um, for fraud prevention and risk mitigation since we're in the telecom space. We know a lot about that. And so helping businesses just um, protect themselves as well. And, uh, and beyond that, just hiring and kind of seeing where the Lord leads, but it's definitely, we've, we've kicked off 2023 with, um, probably a little too much going
0: on,
1: (laughs) a lot of growth, a lot of, a lot of exciting things, but, um, believing for to bring the right people and resources to help us grow and, um, make the world a better place and change lives while we're doing it.
0: Absolutely love that. And, and you've got Nashville to explore. So you've got to, you've got to put that in your calendar.
1: Yeah, well, and we're expanding the team here now, uh, which is exciting because you know it's it's great to work remotely for a season, and then it's like I miss yes. people. I want to be working <laughs> with people. Yeah, it's so. funny
0: when I, when I left. Um, well, I was working in the office, and almost everyone was working from home. And I said to my boss, I said, "Hey, what, what do you think about me working from home?" My wife works for the same company, and so she works from home. And I was like, you know. It would save tolls and gas, and you know what do you what do you think Mm -hmm. about? She's like, you can do it. I'm a little concerned, and I said, well, I I won't let you down. Like I promise, I'll I'll, uh, the work will be great. And she's like, oh no no, it's not the work. I'm not worried about that. You're such a people person that I just I'm afraid that it won't be good for you. (laughs) And um, and so I definitely feel that I, I do I do love working from home, but I I do love being around people because it's, you know, if you say how you're doing and they say fine, you're able to read on their face that they're actually not fine <laughs> and yeah. you're able to kind of speak into that, that situation. Yeah, I, I do. I do love that. I do. I do miss that to, to some degree. Now you moved to Nashville. How long ago was that? Um,
1: July of last, right, last year. year. So about eight and, months and ago. And what brought
0: you to Nashville?
1: Yeah. So also totally God. One thousand percent, because so my my parents, brother and I all lived in New Jersey. Um, and individually, I think God just started speaking to us that like the season in New Jersey was coming to an end. Um, kind of like Abraham, we knew we were going, but we didn't know <laughs> <Right>. where. <laughs> so um, which is kind of ominous, like, OK, Lord, we know we're leaving, but uh, where are you taking us? So through a series of events. Um, my mom found this phenomenal church in Nashville. Joy Church, I will shout them out because they are incredible. Um, Love my pastor. And um, we live streamed them for about a year and a half from New Jersey, Um, visited multiple times, and God just made it abundantly clear that this was where we were to be Mm -hmm. planted. And so literally because of the church and only the church, just knowing that's where God wanted us to be, we uprooted everything in New Jersey and made the move um, to Tennessee. And I love it. I'm so glad we did it um God's favor was just all over it it took us about a year to wrap things up in New Jersey and make the move but um when it's God he makes yes. the way and it's not always easy you know a lot of emotions of leaving course. people we love but um but like you said earlier about being obedient when you know it's God you just you got to do it
0: so good i am um uh, so grateful that we had time to talk today because you are an inspiration i i you really are to me and and how you've you how you've conducted yourself, how you've been just so trusting in God and his plan for your life and how you've just walked through the open doors that he's created, and you're just making this amazing company that's that's just going to continue to to grow and and impact lives and I just am so excited for you. And uh, like I said, I I just pray that he continue to bless you, uh, continue to pour his favor on you because you are, you are clearly uh, just very, very gifted and you have such a calling on your life and just to impact people around you through your, through the apps, but also just through knowing you. I'm blessed. I'm better because I've had this conversation with you. So I thank you for that. And I am Looking forward to uh, coming to Nashville at some point with my wife and the kids because they haven't been, and uh, and and saying hello maybe in person at some point that would oh, be amazing.
1: I'd love that. That would be awesome. And thank you so much, um, Scott, just for your very kind and complimentary words. Um, definitely means so much. Um, and I'm just thrilled to have made the connection and to have the conversation. I so appreciate your time. I always say people's time is their most valuable commodity. So I'm honored that you'd give me an hour of it and uh, really enjoyed getting to know you better too. And
0: and continue to preach where you reach. I I know you will. And uh, I am so excited for what's to come in your life. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk again here soon.
1: Great. Thanks so much, Scott.